You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to Rain Stop Play. This week it is a county championship special. We'll be looking at every single county uh, across the country today. A little preview of each, even though we're a little bit late for the start of the season. But, you know, every county is going to get a shout out here. Um, joined this week by three other lads. I'll start with Zach. How are you? Uh, any cricket this week? Any no balls as well? You bowled <laughs> four last week, so any better this week? Yeah. So I played in a bit of a low scoring thriller at the weekend. We hit in our 40 overs, we hit 128 for five. So batting at eight, I didn't even get a bat. Don't ask me. Openers batted 20 overs for about, that about is 60 brutal runs. Slow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is but, brutal. But when I came on to bowl in the 31st over, like a, like a bit like Dre Russ today, they only needed, te- they needed 12 runs. I went for two runs in my first over, and then after going for one in my second, I took the vital final wicket to win us the game by seven oh, runs. Huge. I know. I know. Huge stuff. Love huge I can't stuff. believe you just compared yourself to Andre Russell this early <laughs> in the podcast, but that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, he did get a five for today. That might be a KKR win. If so, you're more than welcome to compare yourself to him. Um, tune in next week for Zach's next comparison for himself. <laughs> uh, Glenn, how are you? I think we should have a spin-off pod with with Zach's uh, cricketing exploits. I <laughs> think they're really entertaining. <laughs> um, I'm good, thank you. The closest I had to playing cricket was a really, really vivid dream. I was playing cricket with Will and his housemate about half an hour before we started the pod, and it's one of those dreams. It was just so vivid, and I was so sad when I woke up. So that's, that's what. How I'm were you getting doing. on in your dream? Were you were you razzing them past the bat, or were you struggling still? <laughs> so I was batting, and this is actually, I guess, it was the dream was like a reflection of something that happened in real life when, I think. I can't remember which way around it is. Either Will was, I think Will was bowling, um, just me and him outside our house, obviously about a year ago. And this guy, I might have told you this before, but this this random guy off the street just decided that Will wasn't a very good bowler. And he was like, give me a go. And he took the ball off him. He just said he wasn't very good. And then he just threw down some long hops and left. <laughs> Anyway, oh, the, the relation to the dream was that this guy was coaching me. I was batting. I wasn't batting very well. And this complete stranger off the street kept telling me what to do. So... And- 
That, and he popped up back in the dream. That's class. Yes. That's class. I do miss <laughs> I do miss the people that wander around home. They're <laughs> they're long gone, unfortunately. Um, and welcome back, Tim. I think this is the first time you've been on the pod since uh, we renamed it uh, Rainstop Play. So no mention of the old name, but welcome back to Rainstop Play, Tim. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. It's been a long time since I've played any cricket. I think the last time I played was with Gavin Weir on the on the grass just um, in Hove. And I think we'll just finish with we'll deposited my bowling into the sea. Um, I, I spent a lot of time this week actually um, watching cricket. Um, I, I was going to watch a bit, but it grabs you, it gets hold of you. And just when I thought, right, that's it, I'm going to settle down and do some prep work for next term. Then I thought, I'm sure that Gloucestershire match heading for a draw. Oh, oh, it's not. But it's been a very interesting watching. And um, I thought, Following two matches simultaneously was quite good and trying to keep an eye on the football scores. And then on Twitter, there was somebody who had all nine stream matches on their screen and a bigger screen Somerset one on because that was their main. <laughs> that <match>. was Zach. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we can come on to that, actually. It's a good point, Tim, about um, sort of stream, how good the streams have been so far this year and the amount of viewers. I think the Middlesex match had especially um, was huge. So we'll come on to that. Of course they did. Yeah. Um, we'll come on to that. Um, we'll start with a little bit of news, though, and it is 100-related news. And before we start, I've not bothered to apply for a job there. A, I forgot. B, I'm just oh. a bit knackered. So we can just hammer it now. Well, there's no need to kind of, like, <laughs> be too worried about it. Um, but a little bit of 100 news. That their week started well when they um, released their uh, talent pool. I've seen on the Guardian. That's what they called them for the new tournament of, of pundits and hosts, etc. Um Household names, Andrew Flintoff, who's transcended the game now, Peterson. They said Stuart Broad's transcended the game, which I'd agree with slightly less personality than the other two for me, but still very good. Good pundit. Um, Zainab Abbas as well, uh, and Dinesh Kartik, of course, who I only remembered last week, still plays cricket and is playing as we speak, actually, for KKR. Um, so great to have him back. Um, and it looked very good. Um, it, I like I like this team. All the women's games were announced to be shown on Sky's YouTube channel for free. Another great move. And then it was reported in the Daily, Daily Telegraph. Uh, I think this was yesterday as well. Um, the wickets could that the word wickets could be replaced with the word outs, which I think has angered quite a lot of people. Quite a lot of I think I have been been angered by it. The sort of anoraks of the game, if you will. Um, I do like the use of the term batters. That's a more gender neutral term, which I think will help the tournament as a whole. But what do we think of outs, boys? It's it's angered a lot of people. Uh, Zach, you spotted today how much it annoyed Michael Vaughan. And can we go a part of that mention of Michael Vaughan? I don't think so. But he wants rid of another term as well, doesn't he? Yeah, so Michael Vaughan, which is, I mean, it's classic Michael Vaughan. He's turned it into a, you know, into a wokes versus, you know, <laughs> people who like the country kind of thing, rather than it being people who like cricket versus this silly marketing thing that they're just trying to make uh, it's it's beyond a cliche the fact that you could have predicted a year ago that they were going to say i can imagine a bit of satire saying they're going to do this and they have actually done it which is I mean, obviously they've not actually confirmed it but it's a bit silly so michael vaughan has said that the hundred is in danger of becoming too marketing led which i do agree with but then he's also said what next will cow corner be banned so as not to upset vegans which i mean on on <laughs> gammon isn't it gammon gammon central also that's a pound in the swear jar he named the old podcast name so michael uh you owe us a pound 
<laughs> I was about to say that is the reason we changed and rebranded was to be more inclusive. So I actually agree with Michael. <laughs> uh, any any more um, sort of words they could change, boys? I like the idea of points for runs. Uh, Zach, you put in the chat the other day that they're going to instead of naming field in the positions, I'll just give them a number. So as opposed to point, it's just you know number four. Uh, which I quite like the idea of. Uh, Max Rushton was doing a phone in on Talksport today. I didn't listen to it, but I saw I saw his tweet. Uh, bowlers changed to throw men. Captain influencer stumps shiny sticks. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he's part of the hundred marketing team, but I think I like it. Um, but that's that's pretty much it for the news because we can focus on all eighteen counties now. Get them all in within the hour. And I promise it will be less chaotic than last week's IPL episode in which I decided to time everybody for no reason. Uh, and Zach had a, had a meeting to go to. So n- <laughs> none of that today. Nice and calm, nice and chill. Uh, but before we get into each county, um, there's been a big structural change to it all this year. And I'm going to hand over now happily <laughs> to Zach to try and explain it. And for listeners, I know how it works. Right. I'm just, just reassure you. I just can't explain it. I'm not very good at that sort of thing. Uh, so, Zach, let everybody know how the county championships work in this season, and then we can get into each team. Yeah, before I start, I I, I think I explained it really well on a podcast. I can't remember which podcast when we did it, it back in <laughs> September. So, if this goes badly, please refer back to that, because I, I think I did it quite well then. So... I'll- I'll try and find the episode and I'll, I'll link it below it. So if you balls this one up, there's also there's a backup <laughs> copy. So as with last year, the county championship is, be, is split into three groups of six. These three groups of six have been set. They've not actually said how they decided on the three groups of six. Supposedly it's kind of how they did in 2019, kind of how the teams did in 2020, and also a bit of trying to squeeze in some local rivalries. Because last year it was... There was a central group, which included Somerset, one of the most southerly counties, a southern group and a northern group. So this, they've kind of evened it up a little bit. And then after each of those teams plays each other home and away, so it's 10 games for each team in total, the top two from each, they will all move into different groups that are referred to as divisions. So the top two from each group will go into division one. The, the third and fourth place into Division 2 and the fifth and sixth place into Division 3. In Division 1, they will then play each other. They will then play all the teams they haven't played before who've moved into that division. Yep. Uh, so four more games, I think. And that's they then will play them each once. And then those points with half of their points they've got before will add up to making the the final table which will tell you the the winner will win the county championship and the top two will go through to the standalone final at laws like we had last year that was such a success which is the bobbleless trophy so the bobbleless trophy is up for grabs and the county championship is up for grabs so two choice two chances to finish second (laughs) we mentioned that last year well explained zach i i'm more knowledgeable for that i'm hope listeners are at home as well um and yeah, I like how the Bob Willis trophies come back. I like how the county championships back. I like how there's uh, teams who haven't played each other in years playing each other for the first time. Um, and interesting to see how some of the quote unquote worst counties did vote for this so they could play the bigger ones. They don't care if they might get absolutely battered by Yorkshire. They're, they're there to challenge themselves. Will the better counties struggle? Uh, not struggle, but will the better England players be playing against worse opponents? That That's, I guess, is part of the debate. But 
Um, Glenn, I want to hear your sort of view on this on this restructuring. Do you like it? Are you indifferent? Um, or do you want it back the old way? Um, I think there's some positives. I think Zach did a great job of explaining it. And you know what? I think it's great that we're going to be playing teams that haven't, you know, had a matchup in, I think, possibly even a decade or so um, yeah. in, in this format. I think it's great. I mean, fans... Obviously, we don't know whether fans will actually be able to watch any of this. We're, we're hoping so later towards the season's um, conclusion. But, yeah, I think it'll be great to see a couple of different teams play um, play the four-day game. I mean, you know, we've seen a lot of the teams that excel in the shorter format struggle a little bit in the um, in the longer game. And I think this is this is a really good way of, as you said, challenging it. And what, I, what I'm looking forward to seeing, and you kind of alluded to it, Dan, is whether the pressure will actually get to the to the bigger teams because basically you know the top two in each group they're expected to go through so for them it would be a massive disappointment not to make this the next smaller group stage um yeah i i kind of the bob willis trophy grew on me i'm glad we're keeping that in the fold i know there are arguments against it but i think it's quite nice to have a fa cup of sorts um in the county game and it helps bring that again to a different audience um especially if that's screened on sky um all the time yeah and you know we, again we touched on it earlier but i think the the digital accessibility of these games can only be good for the for the growth especially among younger people especially while we've still got like you know a semi-lockdown back in the uk so yeah for me it's positive uh yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing how this pans out and then finally tim i want to hear i want to hear your thoughts on it um somerset are still with gloucestershire luckily they've got quite a nice little group so they're playing some fun games this year you know again generally what do you think about the restructuring would you like to see it go back to Div 1 and Div 2 or are you happy as is, even though we've not we've not one game in, but you know, what are your thoughts? Um, I still think, personally, that Division 1 and Division 2 with relegation promotion is probably a stronger format. I can see why they've done this and I don't think, given it how things are at the moment, it's probably a good thing to do and just gives the county championship a bit of a fresher look. I think in terms of finding the best county, couple of counties, I think probably it's fine. I don't I think the best county will end up being the champion county. I'm interested that when you get to sort of seven batches in, you're going to have some counties that don't have a chance of going into the top group. And you wonder how the kind of motivation there. I know that would still happen if you're at the bottom of Division 2. But if you're at the bottom of Division 1 previously, you could put a real battle on to stay in that division. Whereas if you're kind of team five in your group, you're like, oh, well, we're going to be in division three for the next four matches, so never mind. And then I can see the division one bit trying to win the county championship in the next round with those four matches will be really tough cricket. And actually, probably a really good standard and probably better than it has been you know, previously. The problem will be in divisions two and three, where it's a bit like a plate competition when mm. you do it with the other 11s mm, yeah. and you lost the yeah. first round. And I just, I just wonder... That, I think you could end up with, you know, a good structure that works for Division One, but then for the Divisions Two and Three, what are they actually playing for? And that's the bit that I guess we just don't know. And I know, I know, in whatever format you have, there'll be some kind of dead rubbers, there'll be matches that aren't as crucial. But really, in the old style, it was only really the teams at the bottom of Division Two with promotion relegation that really weren't playing for much. Um, which is why perhaps the Leicestershire's, Derby's, Northants. I know no fans came up, but Leicester and Derbyshire, as an example, probably were quite keen on this format because it gives them a little bit more of a chance, potentially, and you're not kind of anchored just in Division 2. But I guess you've got to give a season to see how it plays out, basically. Exactly. And like I said, we're only one game in. We'll chat about some of the games that have already taken place as well. And it'll be fascinating to see. And 
I, I feel like the county championship that it's got a very dedicated following. Listen, it's not going to be winning young people over with all the crickets out there at the minute, but if it can just do what it does well, freshen up, as you mentioned, and just kind of hang around and still be relevant enough, that's probably a good sign for the game. I don't know. It's not going to be, you know, changing the game at all, is it? Okay, let's move on and look at each county. Then we'll go group by group. So we'll start with group one and um, reigning Bob Willis champions, Bob Willis trophy champions, Essex, who, uh, again, look pretty strong. Uh, Alistair Cook's still there. He averaged, I think, 56 last year, maybe a bit more. Um, they've got Tom Wesley, who's in good nick as well. And um, Simon Harmer, of course, has to be their sort of ace up the sleeve. He does count as an overseas player this year, though, with, with the coal pack thing being binned off because of Brexit. But I don't think that affects him too much because they've still got Peter Siddle as their, their two overseas players there. So... Yeah, a good team. Is is Chelmsford the new Somerset? Are they going to be making really spinny pitches now, Zach? Can we? Can you like move that tag away from your county or not? The tag will never be moved away from Somerset. Somerset could produce the greenest pitches in the world for <laughs> twenty years, and it would still get the 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 people in the ECB and these big test grounds would still have something against Little Somerset doing, you know, punching above their weight. I feel like Essex do and do produce spinning wickets. You know, they have not necessarily as much as Somerset have over the years, but they have done because obviously Simon Harmer has been consistently the best bowler in, in the county championship for oh, you know, at least the last three years now, probably even further than that. And they're, yeah, Essex are a very good team, aren't they? I think they're to say they're going to be in the top. Well, they, they, they should be in the top two of their group without a doubt there. They, you know, obviously drew, drew rain affected draw, or against Worcestershire, who are another good side, but they hit a lot of runs, didn't they? Yeah, Wesley, two hundred. Wesley with a double hundred, and yeah, I mean they're a good side, aren't they? <laughs> and especially for Wesley, who averaged seventeen last year, that's good for him as the captain as well to find a little bit of form again. Uh, the, the bowling department looks good as well. I just feel like they're just they're just so experienced. Um, Tender Scarter, Wesley, Weeter, Cook have all got one hundred and fifty plus. Uh, appearances really um yeah i can't i can't look much further away from them to be in that that top division come the next stage i don't know if anyone wants to say they might struggle or, or just agree with me and zach no i think i think there'll be um i think if i'm hoping somerset get to meet them in division one and i think if somerset beat essex that will be make them if they're sorry if they finish ahead of essex i think they'll be champions because i don't see anybody really doing much better than essex and the only bowler we didn't make, Jamie Porter, he's been incredibly consistent for them um, as a seam bowler and has taken a stack of wickets. And again, it's one of those bowlers who's never quite been good enough for England, but he's done a fantastic, or not considered good enough, I'm not saying he's not good enough, just not considered good enough for England and has done a fantastic job for Essex. They just seem to have every base covered, basically, really consistent. And, you know, if you've got someone like Alistair Cook, who potentially could still be playing test cricket, perhaps maybe not this season, but he's still got a massive hunger to play. So, yeah, I find it really hard to look past them in that group. Um, yeah, I just want to have a look at Worcester as well. So, especially when you're looking at that that mammoth first inning score from Essex, you know, 490 for nine declared. So that's, that's a pretty mammoth score. And I think that's a trend we saw across a lot of the games. We saw a very strange mixture of terrible weather, a lot of snow, but these huge scoring games, hence the yeah. huge amount of draws we saw. We can get onto that, I'm sure, in a little bit. But... Worcester played brilliantly, 
And um, Jake Libby, who was their opener, he, as we've all probably heard in the news, he played the second longest innings in the 131-year history of county cricket, which is extraordinary. And there's one more part of this which makes it even more incredible as a story. Okay. His innings was 11 hours um, batting, and he missed the record, the record longest innings in terms of length, and in terms of minutes, not balls, by two minutes um, because he ran out Just of batting brutal. partners. It's just Absolutely brutal, that brutal. fact, isn't it? I, I feel so it's... bad for him, man. Like, and not only that, so... <laughs> history as well. It's just exactly it's um, And he was robbed of a double hundred. I mean, he wasn't quite there yet, um, but he, he robbed of that opportunity. Um, and he was also someone, a very rare, rare moment when someone spends every minute of every game out on the pitch. So he had a real game to remember. He uh, he played through the entire thing. And again, as we said, it was, it was weather affected, but... Congratulations to Worcester because, as we've all just discussed, Essex are a strong team. Everyone's got their eyes on them as the team to beat. And to concede that many runs in the first innings and to show that grit, he was supported by Bernard, who got 128 with him. He just kept looking for a partner to stick with him. So, yeah, I think he is probably my player. It's going to be an early shout, but he's one of my players of the round. I'd, I'd throw him in there. Absolutely incredible innings. Yeah, and Jake Libby was was also very good last season as well, scoring yeah. 498 runs for Worcestershire. Worcestershire were, were really good last season. They ran Somerset close in our group, and it was, you know, if not for that, Tom Lamanby carrying his bat, they would have played Essex in that final. And I think they've got a good side. I think they will. They may not push Essex close, but they'll be pushing for that second spot. I think in the top division for this group because they they've got a good bowling attack they were they looked really good in the preseason game they played against Somerset and they'll be really happy because it was looking like Ben Cox was going to leave after rejecting a contract extension over the winter but he's recently decided to decided to stay which is which is really good for him because he's you know he's ranked up there with up there with Ben Folks as one of the best wicket keepers in the country so that's such an important player for them and I think with with Worcester as well they they may well have Moeen Ali available quite a bit through the season. And again, he's a player who, when he plays for Worcestershire, is really motivated to play. Yep. You know, he, he always performs well for them and gives his absolute best. And I think he feels very relaxed because when I, when I watch him playing for Worcester, he just looks so relaxed and laid back compared to playing for England. Um, and he's very at home there. And I think, he, you know, it, particularly if they're going well, he, and he was could see them. The motivation to kind of push him on even further, he, and obviously within the county level, he'd be—he's an excellent spin bowler as well as a batsman. So I think, and I think for me, the Worcestershire—the fact they drew with Essex in the first game—really sets them up because that would be the one they'd have seen as the toughest match. I know they'll be playing again, but to get that a draw that, and play confidently and kind of match Essex, um, I think they've come out of it pretty confident. And I'll—you I'll, know—we've one match in, but I still expect them and Essex to go through that group. Yeah, definitely. I think I agree. And and the fact that Moeen can play for them all will be huge because they lost Maharaj, who they did sign, but then had to pull out because of, I think, COVID restrictions. And he's getting married. So he's just signing like, yeah, I'll just bin that off and get married. Fair enough. <laughs> Good for you, mate. All the best. Um, and another one of those teams that um, doesn't lose out too much when England are playing as well. And, you know, we chat about this before we start recording, but it's going to be all about those teams that have the players that are really good, but not quite good enough for England or have some great overseas signings or whatever. So, you know, we'll chat about that as we go on. Um, but let's chat about Worcestershire's neighbours, Warwickshire. Um, my local team, although I don't support them, I'm a Sussex fan for listeners, although I keep an eye on Warwickshire because I'm, I'm local to them. Uh, but this is a team that does have a lot of England interest, so it does lose out quite a lot come 
at the international summer. Um, but we want to see how those guys do as well. So Dom Sibley, obviously, opening the batting. Uh, Chris Wokes plays a little bit here and there. Um, Danny Briggs, I know he's not in England contention, but he should be for the white ball team in my money. Um, but that was a great signing from Sussex. Um, I'm surprised Sussex let him go. I don't really know what happened there um, because they've lost Jeet and Patel. Um, they've lost Ian Bell this year. Not that Danny Briggs is anywhere near Ian Bell, but kind of following <laughs> on from that. Um, new captain as well uh, and new first team coach because Jim Troughton has left. So quite a lot of overhaul at Warwickshire. I feel like this is a team that always underperforms. I, I slightly expect them to again this year. I don't know if anyone agrees. Just simply because of the players they lose and there's just been a little bit of upheaval there this year that I don't think they'll be able to to match your, your Worcestershire's and your Essexes. Yeah, I I think so too. I, th- I think they might. They I think they could they could get third place. But like you say, it really depends on how well they do and how many you know how many runs Sibley scores for them. Whether Ollie Stone plays well enough to get into the England squad, or you know, like we said, not quite well enough to plays for them. He took he took three wickets in a, in two overs or something silly for their second eleven against Somerset's second eleven yesterday. So he's obviously you know coming back and will surely be playing if not this game but next game for the first 11 their bowling attack is is good and with you know with Danny Briggs going in there it's, it's very good because that, that was kind of what they were missing without G and Patel so obviously Oliver Hannon Dolby is you know another one of those players who's been doing it for a, do, been doing it for a bit of a while now and took seven wickets in that first game and so yeah I think like you say Dan again I think they're going to underperform you look at their team they look like they should be challenging. They should be pushing to make it into that Division One. But again, I think they're going to fall short. Yeah, and having watched them play Somerset, and I watched a lot of that match towards the tail end of last season when Somerset were a bit robbed by the well, on weather-ish, and some um, sort of well, should not been super keen to get back on the pitch. But just having watched most of the match, I just I just felt that they weren't really. I couldn't see a kind of a challenge coming from them. And okay, they brought a couple of players in, but potentially players with starting and leaving are better. You know, it would have been better this season potentially. So yeah, I think mid-table Group One, Warwickshire uh, would be about right. Yeah, that, that's where I think too. Um, keep an eye out for for Henry Brooks as well. He's only twenty-one, sort of on the England fringe as well. Uh, his brother Ethan Brooks as well had his first appearances last year. And they've still got they've got Tim Breslin in there. That was a great signing from Yorkshire a couple of years ago. And he's just um such a solid player um coming into the sort of autumn and winter of his career, but still doing a good job. Um let's move up into the East Midlands or across. Probably up and across, isn't it? Uh, geographically to Nottinghamshire. Um also in this group. Um here's one for you, which I read in the cricketer, which is my absolute Bible for this podcast, by the way. Um, Notts without a first-class win in 27 matches. And I can see Zach was about to drop that stat and his fuming that I've got in there ahead of him. But how crazy is that? Um, they had an unbelievable year last year in the white ball format, obviously winning the Vitality Blast um, against Surrey in the final. And they've got one of those teams where all their players are constantly playing in like you know the various franchises across the world. Why have they been underperforming so much uh, uh, at the Red Bull level? Does anybody know? This feels like a team that should always be there or thereabouts. It's it's kind of it feels like it's the same as Surrey. Surrey should always be there or thereabouts as well. And they're kind of almost like the Surrey of the Midlands, aren't they? They kind of steal all of everyone else's players. So like you look at their their top four: Duckett and Clark and Slater and Hamid have all been you know nabbed from other other teams, and they're all promising. Like you look at that top four, and it's a 
it's a really good top four, but they combined for 34 in their first innings on the weekend, which is not very good. But you know, and there's lots. There's been lots of talk about Hamid maybe deserving another chance at, at the test at the test team with him moving from Lancashire to Notts and getting another go because he he does average 43 in Test cricket, which is a bit silly. I know obviously it's a small sample size, but you know it's, it's more than the openers the openers who played in India do. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because it, it, it sort of looking through the teams, um, and not a prime example, Test match ground, fabulous facilities. But they, they seem to struggle to kind of pull it together in the county championship. And I think what you're saying, Zach, about various players coming in, you just wonder if the kind of the team spirit, team togetherness is there in the same way as it is in the, it's some of what's seen in some of the smaller counties, potentially, it is. Um, and I think also that the teams that we're looking at and doing well, we think got potential, generally speaking, even looking at, up to Essex, have had lots of players who have come through their system, through their youth systems, who are committed to the county, and then are supplemented by, you know, more experienced players, a couple of overseas players, but the core is kind of local players. And when you kind of lose that, bring just bring the players in, it doesn't seem to be that successful as a format in cricket. I'm on Stranded Watch, I guess, this episode, and Moores, who was batting for knots, was left not out on 96, which is uh, <laughs> one shot away from 100, which is unfortunate. But um, that's, a, yeah, love, that's a tough one. I love Stranded Watch, Glenn. Can we keep that going for the rest of the pod? <laughs> and then just, just on, there has to have been someone left not out for each game that happened last week. So uh, keep listening out for that. Um, let's move very far north now to Durham. Um, again, in the cricketer. They sort of, and I think I agree, there's, there's like a perceived injustice around this side that they think they should be doing better than they are or they've been hard done by, etc. A bit like their football team in the local area. They're playing black and white, some might argue, um, which is, again, uh, done in the cricket this week. Um, sixth in the Bobbleys Trophy North Group last year. Pretty dismal. Um, they have got Scott Borthwick back. Uh, he went to Surrey for four years. He'll be captain. And I think he bats at three. He maybe opens. So that's a bit of a coup, but... I don't know. I just I just find this team so irrelevant when when there's anything going on, whether it be white ball or red ball. Um, none of their England players ever play for them. When was the last time you saw Ben Stokes in a Durham jersey? Just never. Mark Wood will barely play for them because he, he can barely get fit to play for England. And then I'll be honest, I don't recognise any of these names. So this is me coming from a very raw county background. I don't watch much of it. I consume the teams I like. So I don't know. Has anyone got anything to say about Durham? Should... And should they be doing better than they, they are, basically? Because they, they, they feel like a big county to me. Well, the, the thing is, is that going back to the... When they had... Um, when they first came into the county system and then they had a really golden patch of producing great young players from the area, like Paul Collingwood um, and many others that came through their system and they produced lots of players that went on to play for England. And then, but someone like Collingwood still played for them whenever he could. Um, that was kind of like slightly different times in the way England was organised. But of course, they actually won the county championship. And I think the fact that they did that is probably, you know, which is that they, they've done that. <laughs> Some of have been trying for like 150 years and Durham sort of did it within about 10 years of becoming the actual one of the 18 counties. Um, so I think perhaps in terms of them feeling a little bit hard done by, it all goes back to when it was the money issue with the ECB and they had to get basically funded and these they didn't really feel they got a fair deal out of it and probably didn't actually um but I think they've got a, a fairly kind of average county team and I think they're struggling 
a bit. There's, there's no one coming jumped off the page. Um, I think they've got an Australian guy, Daniel Beddington, I think, um, or Beddingfield possibly. And he looks like a good prospect. Scott Borthwick, well, when he was at Surrey, he did okay, but didn't do immediately. So I think, yeah, I think fifth, sixth in the group, unfortunately for them, um, with the hope that perhaps they can build for the future. And I think they probably see it as a season of rebuilding and actually, you know, having more local players, like you say, you don't necessarily recognise the names, but hopefully it means they've got a good crop of younger players that can just start to improve and maybe in future years, but I can't see it happening much this year. Yeah, I just want to add that, yeah, Beddington was the standout player for them. He got a 50 in the first innings and a monster 180 in that in that second inning. So he got a stack of runs. Um, Eckersley got 113 as well. Um, really just, you know, indicative of how many hundreds, a ridiculous amount of hundreds were scored by individuals this round. I don't know anything like it. Who who did they play this week? And was it a draw in the end? Yeah, so it was so it was knots. We did we went back to back and they, they drew with knots. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean medium scoring game. Um knots made just under three hundred both innings, and then Durham made over three hundred in both. So yeah, hard fought draw I think on both sides, but yeah, Beddingham definitely the standout player there for, for Durham. Just just one thing before we move on is that Cameron Bancroft will be going back to play for Durham after, I think, in about a month's time because there's still the one-day cup going on in Australia, so um, their domestic one-day cup. So, yeah, he was really good for them in 2019, So that and he was meant to go back last year, but because of, you know, COVID and everything, he didn't. So that'll be really good for them to have, you know, international experience in, in that top order. And yeah, to confirm, it's Dan, uh, David Beddingham, not Daniel Beddingfield, although I'm sure he's out <laughs> there somewhere. And if he plays club cricket, you know, good for him as well. Uh, final group, uh, final team in this group, in group one, Derbyshire. Uh, again, one of those teams I don't know a heck of a lot about. So I'm just going to fill a bit of time here by talking slowly about <laughs> them. Uh, but they, they finished second in the Bobble Trophy North group last year. They had a good little team. Again, none of these guys going on, going off on international duty. Um, they got Ravi Rampal in there, um, a very senior pace bowler. And from the general report in the cricketer, it's quite an upbeat look for Derbyshire, a, a county that most people kind of disregard, myself included. I think they've got they've got quite a good crop of of youngish players who, you know, like Tim said, that 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 maybe knots don't have. That a few of them have come through the system. They've brought in it, and they're kind of build. They are like it's like they're building something. They've got Billy Stanlake coming in as an overseas as well, which I think is an is an interesting choice. I've not seen him bowl with a red ball before, but I think he'll he'll have a point to prove because he'll want to you know push for a chance in the Australian Test side. So that's going to be something different, and obviously a a a, a proper quick Australian bowler is is something that we you know a proper quick bowler is something that we don't have that many of. You know we're we're blessed with the eighty mile an hour. Well, move it around on a green seamer, but you know, a, a proper quick bowler will be something different to their attack. Yeah, I just want to add that. Yeah, Derby batting wise struggled a little bit. So in the first innings, three of their top four got ducks. Um, so that wasn't a great sign for them of things to come. And comparatively, this match between Warwickshire and Derbyshire, another draw, was pretty low scoring. So Warwickshire got um, 221 all out in their first innings, then a seven for naught. And then in the they just um, saw out the draw in their second innings. And then Derbyshire got 189 and 244. So, in yeah, in the context of these high-scoring games, this really wasn't one of them. And, yeah, Derby's batting struggled a little bit. I mean, Reece got um, half-century, and then Critchley 
uh, who's decent, got um, 83 in that second innings. But yeah, no one, again, probably, again, my probably personal lack of knowledge um, of at least this team, no one necessarily jumping out uh, on this on this first match for them. So maybe one to keep tabs on. There's been a lot of talk about Finn Hudson-Prentice, and he's got quite an interesting story because he was released by Sussex in 2016, and then Derbyshire signed him in 2019 because Steve Kirby, who is now uh, one of the coaches at Somerset and was Derbyshire coach then, was uh, saw him coaching on a on in the sorry saw him playing in the MCC Young Cricketers program, and he did score a, a 91 not out and was not left stranded because it was a successful 365 run chase against a woeful Nottinghamshire last season with one ball to spare, which was they needed about I think they needed about 80 off the last 10 overs and just went absolutely mental. It was a great <laughs> great thing to watch. So yeah, I think. You know, they overperformed last season and it'll be great to see if they can, you know, push again this season, especially with, like we've said, you know, it's Essex for first. And then other than that, there's a few other teams that could be in and around. I'd really like to see if Derbyshire can, you know, push on. I think they would have liked to have beaten underperforming Warwickshire, though. But Yeah, sort, sort of a sleeper, a quiet sleeper, I think, Derbyshire. As Ben said, keep your eye on them. Um, so that's Group 1 done. And we're going to start Group 2 with Somerset, the big headline one. So, you know, for listeners who don't know, Tim, Zach and Glenn, all Somerset fans. Um, and I'm so glad you are because I love the chat around Somerset. And I'm so glad you're all very big fans of that. So I can be part of the sort of the discourse um, from a viewer's perspective and not feel the pain that you guys do. So, you know, go to town on these guys. Spend as long as you want talking about them because I find it fascinating. How are you going to do this season? Um, the headline uh, in the cricket, uh, their, their little two page spread on them was pause on the spin cycle which is suggesting that perhaps you haven't actually got the spinners this year in which to do what you have been doing with, with pitches, etc. Uh, best going to Yorkshire and Leach probably being on England duty. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. How are Somerset going to do this year, boys? Well, that is a good question. I, I, that, that fluctuated over the weekend for me. It's their performance fluctuates. <laughs> Um, however, given, having given it a day to kind of look back on it, I would say yeah, the bowling, I think, is absolutely fine. There will be an issue when Jack Leach goes to play for England because now we haven't got Don Bess waiting in the wings. And there isn't really um, a spin bowler kind of natural replacement. So Van der Merwe, who is basically a one day player, may come in and play. Um, there's one or two younger spinners, but there's nobody who was going to be, you know, as strong as Jack. And I have to say, he bowled incredibly well in the most challenging conditions you could have for a spinner. The poor guys come from the temperatures of India um, into, was about, it was the full light temperature at Lords was around minus one. Some of the time when they were playing cricket, it was just ridiculous. Um, and he had to, he was just blowing between every single ball. He was blowing on his hands, just trying to get some warmth into his fingers. But the good news was that having played in India against Kohli and Pants and Vahani and Charma, that actually, actually, it tightened him up considerably. For the first game of the season, he was incredibly consistent, gave away two runs and over, got a few wickets, which is almost a bonus, because what he did do was tie down the end. The Middlesex players basically couldn't score off him. And he, you know, he just basically enabled them to rotate the, the seam bowlers at the other end. I think... The seam bowling is absolutely fine. I wasn't sure about Merchant de Langer, who seems to be a straight replacement for Jamie Overton, not necessarily in a good way. I'm actually kind of spraying it all over the place at quite high speed. Um, 
but I think, you know, he seems quite, seems to be quite happy being there for Somerset. I think the bowling is fine. It's the batting that I think is more potentially of an issue. It's got a lot of promise, but my worry is that on the one hand, you've got, and see what, obviously what everybody else thinks, but you've got Banton and Lamanby opening, which I think both of them opening in red ball cricket is quite a risk with their kind of lack of experience. And on the other hand, you've got what should be the elder statement, statesman of Hildreth and Davis. And I'm just not sure that you know, James Hildreth didn't have a great season last season, then got injured. And I'm just not quite sure this season. He, he was the one I was most worried about watching um, as a batsman in this match. Um, but there are others in the batting department that could come in. Um, so see what everybody else thinks but I think the bowling's fine the fielding's great the team ethic the team strength to win that match actually and come back from the situation they're in is still there um, the batting is, is still my kind of main concern so what everyone else thinks yeah I mean you've 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 summed up exactly what I think I completely agree with you Tim that the bowling's good the spinning will be a bit of a worry later in the season as you know the, the pitches get better for spinning and we lose leech you know Van der Merwe did a, did a job last season holding it, but we didn't really need the spinners because no one hit us for any runs last season. Uh, Lewis Goldsworthy is one of those youngsters that has interested me for a while. He was really good for England in the Under-19 World Cup at the beginning of last year. Um, has play, has, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's, an, he's he's just an all-rounder. I was trying to describe him as a, either a batter or a bowler. He's, 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 I mean, he's very good at both. He hit a hundred and a fifty in the last two second eleven games, and hit a and play, hit some really important runs in the in one of the preseason games. So, but and also it bowls some tidy left arm spin. So he could be a really interesting option. It might even mean that Somerset could could play an extra seamer and have him as their kind of first choice spinner. But I think that might be a might be a little way away just yet. He's only you know twenty one, but yeah, with the I think with the the thing with Banton is he looks. You know, obviously the talent is there, and he needs to kind of. It feels like he should be fitted in, like he should fit into the team in some place. And whether opening is that place, like it was, you know, he batted at five in 2019 and looked good in patches. Played a couple of those one innings at Kent where he hit a 50 when Somerset got bowled out for 150, and it was such an important 50. It meant they they won the game that was massively rain affected, and every other team drew that round and Somerset managed to get a win because of that 50 from Banton and yeah I'm worried about Lamanby though because of how good he was last season I mean only because he didn't get any runs this in this game really so it's a bit of a worry there I don't know what you think Glenn about anyone else I mean yeah it's the batting yeah. is the worry 100% I think you know, it's a very young and exciting team. I think number one, again, I might have a bit of bias, and again, just because I know this team so well, but arguably this is one of the most exciting young county teams in the in the whole division at this point um, across all three groups. Yeah, that there's issues, there's issues with the with the, with the opening. Um, I do want to point to Bartlett, um, who batted for three and a half hours in that second innings, and with the help of Gregory, who came out with a really swashbuckling sixty-two. Um, off only 72 balls, almost a runner ball. That counter-attack to win the game was extremely exciting. And you can see that's because they're so good at the one-day game, right? I don't know if teams who were just classical four-day players would have would have been able to chase those runs and make it look as ridiculously easy as Somerset did. It was amazing. But that said, 
there is a couple of concerns. Number one, you've mentioned we'd have to go over it again, but that's Leach for me. I think I think Goldsworthy, you've done a great job of explaining his his um, relevance and his importance to this team going forward this season, Zach. But 21 is probably too young to be a first choice county championship spinner. Couldn't agree more with you there. Yeah, I think players like, you know, you've got Bess and as, as Tim mentioned, um, Jamie Overton, who are really good players. And it is frustrating that we're not for, for good reasons that we're not always able to hold on with them when sometimes the replacements aren't quite there. But yeah, exciting team. I can't wait to watch this season. What a great group of players, great team spirit. But yeah, a couple of concerns about that batting. I mean, yeah, Banton, Lamanby, there's not much Red Bull experience there at all. I think Bartlett is such a such an important part of that team and is so kind of understated because he, like you say, batted for three and a half hours and isn't as exciting as as a Banton mm-hmm. or a Lamanby and, and bats slower than anyone else does in that top six. But you need that. You need someone who's going to, you know, say you lose, you know, a couple early wickets. You need someone who's going to come in and just, you know, bed in for a few hours. And he's, you know, I think that was, uh, he's, he's, he's scored four first class centuries now. He's been around for a few years and he needs, I think he's a bit older than, you know, Lamanby and Banton. It's a bit past the fact that, oh, he's scored a couple, he's had a couple of nice innings. We need it kind of consistently him to have a, really solid season for Somerset to, if Somerset are going to win the county championship, we need Bartlett, we need Abel, the kind of more senior players. They're not, you know, they're not old by any stretch, but you need those couple of players to have really big seasons, I think. Perfect summary, boys. And I think just generally one word, are they going to, are they going to do it this year? They're going to finish second. They'll, they'll, they'll win. They'll win their group, I think, but they'll win the group but whether they'll do anything after that I don't know I think it'll be really tough especially if they lose Leach yeah I think they'll get through the group and when they get into division one it will depend on lots of things and how things are going um like we talked about that we've got to cover with the spinning how the batting is going hopeful but not certain that's for sure Okay, cautious optimism. I like that. And once again, I love listening to you guys talk about Somerset. It's awesome. Maybe that's the spin-off pod. Is the little the little <laughs> Somerset the rain stop play Somerset corner for you boys? Okay, right. Let's rattle through the rest of Group Two. Then your guys' opponents, Hampshire, <laughs> who for me are like they're going to be they're going to be well up there. And I know they absolutely battered Leicestershire, who aren't that great. And James Vince looked awesome. But this is that team that has great talent, unbelievable players, and they're probably not going to get called up for England duty, are they? Well, James Vince should, right? Are we going to have that conversation again? No. Uh, also, <laughs> um, Kyle Abbott and Mohamed Abbas are on their overseas. Um, Abbas, a great signing, who incidentally was at Leicester doing unbelievable, uh, uh, some unbelievable figures a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I like this team. I think it's going to be a good challenge to you boys. Um, and great to see Liam Dawson back as well after he, I think he ruptured his Achilles, had a pretty uh, tough winter by the sound of it, and got himself 100, I believe, in the first game this year. I think I think Hampshire are definitely the main the main challenges. I think Gloucestershire have got a really good team as well, but I think Hampshire are the main challenges in this division. Um, and it's a bit of a rivalry between the two teams, like Somerset and Hampshire. I think it will be Somerset and Hampshire going through from the group, um, but I think Hampshire are going to give Somerset a really good battle in this group. I think they've got a really well-rounded team. They've got a team that's full of experience. Um, but also seems to me to be very motivated to succeed as well. And they've got kind of quality everywhere, the spinning, the batting, the pace bowling, you know, I think every aspect of the team, uh, mid, middle order batting, you know, I think the only thing, the only area really where they, they're not so certain is in their, actually op- their opening batsmen, where they haven't really got a settled up opening pair. But 
they've got so many other good players that it doesn't probably matter so much. Yeah, just two quick things on this one. So number one, it was a statement performance, right? This was the biggest win yeah. by a huge distance of the entire uh, weekend's play. Hampshire won by an innings and 105 runs. I mean, that is a mammoth win. Made it look easy. Brutal. Um, yeah, tore Leicester apart. And in that win, they had three Centurions, um, which is ridiculous. Allsop um, got 119. Vince, as we mentioned, 231. And Dawson got a massive 152. They weren't even small hundreds, if you know what I mean. It wasn't as if they were 101, yeah. 102 out. They kept batting. Um, really, really imp- impressive performance. Uh, Crane doing well. Dawson doing well. And yeah, Abbas, I'm glad you mentioned him. What a signing, what a player. Kept it really tight. He didn't get a huge stack of wickets, but his economy in that first innings was, was 1.8. Ridiculously good. So I think you're all, I mean, I couldn't agree more with everyone. They are a team to watch. And if anyone's going to be really competing right at the top throughout this whole tournament, I think it's potentially going to be them. Yeah, just just one thing. I'm I'm seriously worried. I think it's two weeks' time. Somerset play Hampshire, and that opening bowling partnership of Abbott and Abbas. I can see them running through our top order. Oh yeah, Abbas especially. It's weird though, isn't it? Because as we've kind of alluded to across the pod so far, a lot of draws, a lot of hundreds. Batting seemed fairly easy, which isn't normally the case in April in England. So I'm, I'm I mean, no one's got an answer to this, but I wonder what's happened to the pitches. They're obviously not as green. The, the weather's been pretty similar. We'll see in the next round. Maybe no one will get over 200 in the next round. But there's something to think about, isn't it? Um, and as for Liam Dawson, man, he, he's got to be back in England contention in some capacity, right? Or is he just not is he, is he not quite there? Averages over 33 with the bat in county championship cricket. Same with the ball, about 35. Surely he's potentially spinner number two, number three in the test format. Am I getting a bit ahead of myself here? Um, I think with Dawson in the tests, it hasn't worked as a spinner. Um, I would say in one day international, there's a, he would be, I think if he has a good, obviously not playing one day cricket at the moment, but I think potentially if he proves his fitness and is successful playing in limited overs cricket in domestically, I think he would have quite a good opportunity of joining the England group because that's really that cover in terms of spinning um, is something that we've kind of talked about lots of times. So I think potentially when he has done tests, he his bowling at test level didn't quite cut it. So I, I don't see with his injury coming back. I, I think he could be a massive asset for Hampshire, but I'm not sure international level it tests. Maybe one day. Yeah, yeah, I think I like that too. Um, and then, you know, uh, more England watches. Mason Crane, of course, he travelled. He was on the tour of India and Sri Lanka. So he's still on England's radar. A good, a good county championship season for him. Could be good for England as well. Okay, so next, uh, let's look at Surrey. Obviously, a very good team, a very big county with the biggest squad of player names you've ever seen. Um, fifth last year in the Bob Willis Trophy. Had a very good vitality blast. Um, they came runners up losing to knots in the final and this is this has sort of warwickshire energy for me like lots of great players but their red bull stuff hasn't been that good for for a while that i can think anyway but you look at the names and i guess they lose a lot of those names rory burns both of the currens ben folks probably now um ollie pope they used to lose mark stoneman you know reese topley is is that the reason they don't play good enough red bull cricket or am i looking into that enough or should they have a better sort of second cast, as it were? I think they do have a good second cast, but I think I think like Tim said about the 
the Nottinghamshire issue with them, you know, maybe not kind of wanting to play for the county and it not, you know, working like that. I think it could also be the same problem at Surrey. And, you know, they've won three in three three Red Bull games since they since they won the county championship in twenty eighteen. Like that's terrible. They should have been relegated. If there'd been two teams getting relegated in 2019, they would have been relegated. And they were lucky that, that Nottinghamshire was so terrible in that year not to, you know, have ended up... Obviously, they wouldn't have ended up in Division 2. But it's so weird because so many of their players individually do really well. So even in this game, they they lost to, to Gloucestershire, but folks still scored 100. And their individuals do well, but they just don't seem to be able to come together at all, which is... It's so weird because obviously cricket is a you know it's a team sport, but it's a game of you know combining these individual performances. Um, I couldn't agree more, Zach. Just because that's the first thing that I saw. I, I looked at this team sheet right, and there is just England quality. I mean, you've got England openers, you've got obviously Am- there's there's Pope folks. I mean, I can't even sum them all up. You know, Topley who got a fifer, who was one of those players who 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 played really well individually, but you you just don't get the sense that there is much of a team, probably through the results, and that it's kind of players. You know, Surrey is just this club where if you're going to be going, a it's the kind of fuddle into England. You know, the way this kind of very inward-looking London-centric system works. But then also, it's just like if you're playing for Surrey in a way it means that you're not playing for England right so you're frustrated about that and it just feels like some of these players are just kind of passing by like they're not obviously they 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 they're giving it their best but at the same time it just so I feel like Somerset is this kind of just by comparison this young vibrant fun team that really is like a squad of friends whereas this is just a couple of individuals who have to play together every week that's the feel I've got for it. I mean, I, I just agree. I'm just echoing what Zach said, but that's what I get from this because they should be doing much better than they have been doing in the last couple of years. I think I think having watched the, uh, a fair bit of the match against Gloucestershire, um, they put themselves in a position where they, they shouldn't have lost the match because they, I can't remember the exact scores now, but they were basically, at the very least, nailed on for a draw and then they suddenly lost their last five, six wickets for about 20 runs. And suddenly they gave Gloucestershire a target to chase, which Gloucestershire then chased down, knowing that the weather might not hold out, the light might not hold out, and chased it down incredibly quickly. And, you know, Gloucestershire put in a magnificent team performance. Um, so he put in some good individual performances, but didn't kind of tie it all together. And you could sort of see from that match how they in the position they are, because... They should never have lost that match. It was heading for a draw, and somehow they managed to lose it. And they must walk off the pitch thinking, well, how did we do that? And high-quality bowlers, individually, Overton, Topley, coming into bowl, um, they, they, they couldn't contain the Gloucestershire batsmen. Um, and I think, including that team thing, you know, you've got two of their best homegrown players, especially bowling-wise, Tom Cullen and Sam Cullen, they're out of the IPL. Um, they're going to miss basically the bulk of the championship fixtures in this first round and if they do come back then they're going to knock two players out of the team so it's a yeah hard to get a team ethic going i think for them potentially just just to confirm on those on what you said that one there Tim, they they fell they they lost their last five wickets for 15 runs so that's that's you know like you said not very good to fall from 318 for 5 to 333 all out and then Jeez. in in Gloucestershire's chase, it wasn't, you know, they didn't even make Gloucestershire sweat for it. 229 for two. They only took two wickets for those runs. Like, that's, you know, it's, it's not good enough when you look at when you look at that team sheet, like we've all said. Uh, 
the amount of runs that Hashim Amla and and Roy Burns have in first class cricket, you know, I mean, they should be getting, I don't know, they should be doing a lot better than they are, like we've said. They they scream Tottenham energy to me if we're going to football comparisons. <laughs> There's like lots of very good players, a kind of weird atmosphere around the club. Um, is Vikram Solanke there, Jose Mourinho? I think that's harsh on Vikram Solanke, so probably not um, in his second year of the job. But yeah, they just and they're just pretty unlikable, aren't they? I think from everyone outside of London, at least they're, they're fairly unlikable. Um, well, should we chat about Gloucestershire then, who they played this week? Um, Again, another sort of sneaky good side. I know they're your local rivals, boys, but what do we want to say about Gloucestershire as I turn to their page in the cricket set? Because another one of the counties I don't know much about because they don't have much England players, do they? So um, no. what do we think about Gloucestershire? They, they look pretty good against Surrey, as, as we've mentioned. They have improved massively um, as a team in recent years. Um, they were due to come up and be promoted, I think. But they just seem to have... A bit like Somerset, dare I say, but they seem to have built a really solid call there with some good younger players, but they've got just a really good mix. Um, they were very positive, you know, I think quite exciting team to watch. They've kind of come up on the rails a bit on Somerset because Somerset for a while were kind of like massively, there's a big gulf between the two, but it's closing in all formats. Chris Dent as an opening batsman, very consistent. James Bracey toured all winter without playing, but he's come back. And a bit like Leach and Gregory, who played overseas cricket, seems to have made a big difference in those players. They've come back and they're straight in. Like Leach was fantastic. I mentioned earlier bowling, but Gregory came back from um, playing in Australia in a tiny bit PSL, but he seemed to be straight on it. It seems to have sort of been like no gap from last season. And Bracey, although he didn't play actual matches, he'd come in really confident and was batted really well. They've got, they seem to, Crosshair always seem to specialise in this kind of like all round. And Ron Higgins is like the epitome of that. He came from Middlesex a few years ago, but really consistent. But it's that ideal county cricketer, sort of fast, medium, decent bat, good fielder. And just ideal, really, in playing for the county championship in May, in April. Um, so I think Gloucestershire were going to push Hampshire and Somerset pretty hard um, to come out of the group. Bit of a dark horse, I think, in my eyes, Gloucestershire. I'm hoping not too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just one thing to add. They, they really had no right to win this game. You mentioned you know, the context for that a minute ago, Tim. But, you know, Dent got 91 in the second innings, uh, just under a runner ball. And then Van Buren, who had got a duck... In the first innings, he came out and got an unbelievable 110 um, off only 98 balls. I mean, that's a one-day 100 in really tough conditions. They, you know, they were fighting the weather. They were fighting a great bowling attack. I mean, Jamie, Jamie Overton, Reese Topley, I mean, all these great players. And he's just smacking a run of ball. And it was a brilliant result for Gosh. Again, in a way, probably a statement performance for them. They're beating this team of international stars. Uh, and it was just so impressive. And that was probably the... Perhaps the, in the context of the game, that might have been the shock result of the weekend, I would argue. So was that game sort of petering toward a draw and then Gloucester just went absolutely berserk in their fourth innings? And what were they, what were they going at out of interest run rate wise to get that? How many overs did they have? Well, they had a notional, something like 45 overs. However, the weather and the light weren't going to last. In fact, they went off because it was a hailstorm. <laughs> so they went off. Yeah, the yeah, there was a lot of that this they, week. They came back out again. Um, I think they had decided that they needed to go about five and over, which they did. Um, wow. they, so knew they, they knew they wouldn't get it all, all the overs in. Um, and in the end, they you know, 
the light was okay and they could have had longer but they basically said they came out and said no we've got to get this quickly and it was about five and over and basically so he couldn't do anything about it <laughs> so impressive yeah. sorry so impressive i think that is that is a statement win isn't it well, I just want to pick up on one thing you said there, Tim, about um, the players who may not have even played that much over the winter, but have been touring with sides or have been playing in franchise cricket. It's something I noticed over the weekend as well. And I wonder if it's because maybe there was less ability to have preseason games. I mean, there was obviously there was quite a few preseason games going on. There was a few for a few weeks and potentially, but potentially it was there was slightly less ability to prep and they obviously usually would go on pre-season warm weather tours you'd see a few of the counties go over to the uae for a couple of weeks to do a bit of training before you can even train i wonder if that's made a, a difference in the fact that these players who have had that ability to play over the winter it means they've been so much better prepared for it yeah i think so they, they just were really like literally you felt like they, they had been playing non-stop and just picking up another match whereas lots of other players looked fairly rusty uh, huge win for Gloucestershire then. Yeah, another, like Derbyshire and the sleeper that I don't know much about, but clearly have a very good um, system in place. Uh, two more in Group 2 then. So let's start with Middlesex. Um, Peter Hanscom is their overseas player and their captain. That's that's useful, I feel, for them. Um, otherwise, again, not a team I know much about, so I might pass off to you boys here. Uh, they came third in the Bob Willis Trophy last year. Um, just sort of came fourth in the Vitality Blast as well. So pretty average season for them. Again, you know, playing at Lords, one of the big London counties, is this an underperforming county? Do you expect much of them this year or sort of more of the same mid to upper table? Yeah, I think mid to upper table. I think they've, it is, they've, they've got a very good bowling, scene bowling attack. In fact, they've actually got a bit overloaded. So, um, Toby Rollin Jones came back, he'd been injured for lots of last year, but he came back fit. He bowled well. Tim Murtagh keeps going, he bowled well. Um, they have a couple of younger seamers that are coming through that look really good. Also got James Harris and Steve Finn who can't get into the team at the moment. So they've got a really strong um, pace bowling attack. They have a spinner that's supposed to be coming in who, um, say his name, Walla Witter, who's that's waiting it. for British, British, British citizenship. Um, and he he's going to start playing in the next couple of weeks. They chose not to play a spinner anyway this week because it was so cold. Um, but it's, yeah, the batting, although Robson made a big score, you think he's got to keep that going for this season because he didn't have a particularly great season last year. And I think really their batting is not so strong. With regard to um, their Australian um, Hanscom coming over, he's not here yet. So they, they're without him for the first couple of matches. Um, and presumably when he comes in and captains, because Steve Eskenazi captained um, for these two matches, I think that even with Hanscom, having seen them, I think that batting is heavily reliant on um, Robson. With them, will be on him and Hanscom to get the runs, really. Um, yeah, kind of, you feel they should do better than they are. But again, it's been consistently kind of average for the last few years. Um, so I don't know exactly what you think anything of Middlesex. Yeah, I mean, exactly what you said. It it seems like they're massively reliant. Like, obviously, I watched a, a hell of a lot of this this game. It was the game I had on the bigger screen, of course, because they were playing Somerset. So, yeah, they, and they looked, you know, their bowling attack looked really good in that. In Somerset's first innings, they caused them all sorts of problems with Murta and the the young um, Ethan Bamber, who looked really, who's, I think, one to keep an eye on, certainly. And then... Um, 
but the batting, yeah, it's just like if you take Robson's 165 out of that first innings, they've 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 been bowled out for 150 both times, and that's that's not going to win you games, is it? I know I know obviously Somerset did that to a lot of teams last season, but it, it's it's not really good enough, and especially from the position they were in, they shouldn't have lost that game, and so you know I'm not expecting too much from them this year. And Glenn, I don't know if you remember, Glenn, we, we went to see, when we were in London, we saw Middlesex a few times. There's one match they were playing where they performed similarly today and the bloke behind us was like, you're a shambles, Middlesex! You're a shambles, Middlesex! <laughs> but he said it quite a lot and quite repeatedly because I've been in a football match. You're a shambles, Middlesex! You don't um, get that a lot of county cricket. <laughs> you don't. It sticks in the memory. But he was right, and he probably would have been, if, he, if, he, if council allowed, he probably would have been there at the weekend and be saying the same thing. <laughs> well, if you're watching the stream and fans are allowed back in, maybe listen out for that guy. I'm sure he's still there. I'm sure he's still a popular guy there. Um, and yes, yeah, Sam Robson getting himself a ton. You know, Toby Bowden-Jones playing, hopefully. I doubt they're on England watch, but it's still fun to see old England names from the, the what? The mid-10s, bit of a throwback, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, again, bit of mid-table mediocrity there. Uh, final uh, county from Group 2, Leicestershire. Um, yeah, they got absolutely battered by Hampshire, as we've already spoken about. They, they let James Vince get 150 at a run a ball. I don't know if he carried on at that rate. He probably did. But <laughs> they got 600 pretty sharp, basically, did Hampshire. And there's not much to write home about. These guys rebranded their badge, I think. I think it was last year. And the fox was running as opposed to being sat still. So that, that had a lot of banter around it. They said, what are they running from? Extinction, their bank manager or bigger counties? I think all of them. I just don't know anything about Leicestershire. Um, however, this move, the change of uh, system has got to be good for them. They were rooted to the bottom of Division 2, playing the same teams every year with no real hope. There is at least an element of something they can do this year, right? Um but again, I'm getting a bit IPL pod here. I've got nothing much to say about Leicestershire. Uh, I was just looking at the bowling figures. It's, it's really miserable. So as we discussed, Hampshire's mammoth score, they got 612 for five and 120 overs. And the bowling figures for Leicester in that in that innings, it's just, it is like, it's funny you mentioned the IPL. <laughs> it's not far off that. <laughs> no. uh, I wanted to do a special shout out to uh, Parkinson, who bowled mm. 26 overs. Um, three maidens in there for 155 runs, getting just one yeah. wicket. He went just under six and over. Is that is that the younger Parkinsons? That's the brother of the good Parkinson. Well, twins. Yeah, twins. There you go. They're twins. Yeah, Callum Parkinson. I watched a bit of that, a bit of Vince going after him, and it it, it really wasn't pretty. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't even that he was bowling that badly. It was just that Vince was was motoring, and it it was it was quite painful. I think the one person to kind of who is going to be key if they're going to do anything is their captain, Colin Ackerman, who obviously mm. who scored uh, 379 runs last season, including four fifties, you know, it's just, it's very good. So if, you know, if, if he can do that again and a few other players can, you know, pick up on their form and not get pinched by Nottinghamshire, then maybe they can, you know, build towards something. I think, I think we can leave it there for Leicestershire. And listen, if they have an amazing season, we'll do a special pod about them. So, <laughs> Leicestershire fans, do not write in. Uh, we need to move on. Let's go to group three. And I would like to start with Sussex, um, my team. I didn't, I didn't really watch county cricket prior to moving down to Brighton. And so they're a fantastic ground, fantastic team. We're rubbish last year, but hey, sick from the Bob Willis Trophy. I went to one of the games, Hampshire, I think, and they lost. Um, <laughs> but I think it looks a bit brighter this year. So a draw against Lancashire, a snow-affected draw, snow-stop play. 
in that one as opposed to rain. Um, <laughs> but they looked okay. They looked solid, which they don't often do. 300 in the first innings, 100 from Tom Haynes, which was handy. And can I just say, I've seen this, this name on Twitter, Delray Rawlins from other cricket journalists. I saw him first, okay? I interviewed <laughs> him a year ago. I also knew him before <laughs> that. And if he has a great season, that's, that's on me, okay? And not him, <laughs> and not any other journalist, okay? That's my sass over with. Um, from an outsider's non-fan perspective, boys, what do you reckon to this team? The Red Bull stuff's pretty average, to be honest. Um, not many big names in there. Some some solid enough county players. It's more of a white ball side, really, isn't it? That that's how I like to see it, anyway. I mean, one thing to mention. So so Jason Gillespie, um, former coach, went back to Australia. Um, so Ian Salisbury's come in for the four day coaching. But interestingly, Sarah Taylor is the wicket keeping coach now, which is which is awesome. Um, interesting to note. Um, in terms of this game, I mean. Yeah, I mean, much of a muchness. Again, you know, it was a match drawn. Um, Sussex 301 in the first innings. Lancashire got a decent 407 while in the second, and then they just played out the draw. Uh, Lancashire didn't need to bat again. Yeah, I mean, some good. You mentioned Haynes. He, uh, he got 155 in the first innings, uh, you know, 26. He, he was in the runs. Um, yeah, I'm not, I don't really know what to think too much about this team. I just think it's a very average team. I think it's not a terrible team. Awesome. But I just not one to get excited about is, is my initial instinct yeah i mean i i think it depends on how well again ollie robinson does because obviously ollie robinson is such a key to that to that bowling attack and if but if he does too well then he might end up playing in those uh, new zealand tests and <laughs> that's it and well exactly that's the, and that's that's that would be really poor well, well it won't be really poor for england but it'll be really bad for sussex and uh travis head coming back for for the uh, as an overseas player, and when he arrive, he'll arrive in a few weeks' time, that's going to be really important, I think, because they need, you know, they need someone else to score some runs with Tom Haynes, because that first innings, again, much like Middlesex, that first innings wasn't looking good apart from him. Everyone else was yep. getting uh, skittled, really. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think just a fairly middle of the road side. I hope they can put some form together, but it's all about the white ball stuff because you know Tamal Mills, Rashid Khan. Uh, mm -hmm. Phil Salt, Luke Wright, you know, the list goes on for their White Wolf stuff. So, you know, maybe the Red Bull can be just sort of a, a fun side thing if they if they have any have any fun with that. Um, let's look at Yorkshire. Zach, your local team, you live in Leeds. Um, the media department got got back to us, in fairness. I did see, I did see the emails, so hopefully you can get yourself to a couple of games this year. Um, they had Joe Root playing for this first game. They drew to Glamorgan. Lost to Glamorgan? Drew to Glamorgan. Drew, but we're gonna lose if yes, it hadn't correct. been. That's why I thought was, loss. They really weren't in a good spot. They'll be thanking the weather gods because they were gonna lose to you know obviously people of Yorkshire. They don't even the people of Yorkshire County Cricket Club. They don't even recognise Glamorgan as a thing. You know the, yes. the big boys up in Yorkshire. <laughs> I'm like, who are Glamorgan? Uh, so that would have been it, it. Would have been funny to say the least. I think the yeah, it's another team that kind of is strewed with stars of you know. England England players, they'll lose a couple. They've, they've obviously not got Milan, who scored a, a brilliant double hundred for them in his debut season last year. They've Joe Root's playing for them now, didn't do too well. And then they've got obviously, you know, David Willey didn't play in this game again. You know, Ben Code is has been brilliant for a few years now and surely can't be too far away. Averages under 20 with the ball, which is 
is is pretty unbelievable. You know, they've got a lot of players. Gary Balance being back will be huge for them after missing the whole of last year. Maybe he could play for England again, Dan. I know that usually triggers you. That, that, yeah, <laughs> my microphone was on the, on the desk, luckily. Otherwise, it would have been a, a lot of <laughs> oohs and ahs coming out there. Um, on that note, down with Milan as well, similar sort of vibe. You know, England player, you're not going to get the test team, is he? But that's a great player to have in that in that batting lineup that's going to be there all season pretty much. Yeah, and they in Yorkshire they again they're just another another team playing at a test ground who just seem to kind of underperform. Um they they also in this match they lost both their opening bowlers injured and they ended up with sort of two fit seamers, which is the coach they probably said it wasn't wasn't great the first match of the season. Um I guess hard to judge, but I think you know if if they're not and I think Morgan are my dark horses for this group. I think if you're not beating Glamorgan or basically putting yourself in a position where actually you're lucky to get away with a draw, I think you've got seriously be thinking, no, this is not setting us up for you know, a successful Red Bull season. Um, so I think, yeah, I think Yorkshire, names on paper, yeah, looks great. Um, and as you said, like Gary Balance coming back should be good, and it probably will be, but not having played at all last year, and we just already talked about, you know, the earlier about the whole kind of pre-season being really tricky. It's so early in the year to have a meaningful kind of pre-season for lots of players. Um, I'm sure it's going to take him a while to get going. Um, so I think, you know, depending on the injuries to their two opening bowlers, um, I read a report in Drain Olivia, the uh, South African who became a Colpac, and they've taken him as an overseas player. Um, yeah. But did, did not bowl, from what I read in the reports I read, of, you know, did not bowl particularly well. You'd expect him to. He looked great when he was coming through for South Africa two or three years ago. Um, but and it's a bit of a shame, actually, for the South African you know, uh, test team that he wasn't available. But playing for Yorkshire, um, and you just look at the names and you think, yeah, they should be doing a bit better. But, yeah, I can't say I'm expecting a huge amount, really. Yeah, one thing to add just on England watch... Um... John Bess um, bowling 35 overs for no wickets across the two innings. It's, it's a lot of overs for not a single wicket, I would say. I'll, I'll, I'll let him off. I'll, I'll let him off on April in England. That's mm-hmm. cold fingers, the North, you know, words like that. We'll just about let him off. But I, he's definitely going to have to be on a strong watch, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah, then Jack, and... Leach, Jack Leach bowled in. Cold, it has cold conditions and got you know economy rate of two and five wickets in the match. Oh yeah, but he's he's so high quality that we're not even we're not even he's not an England watch, Tim. He's in England as his first <laughs> name on the team sheet. You know, he's sort of the other end of that spectrum. Um, that's a good point. And then I we I didn't mention him in in um, the Surrey chat, but Amir Verdi as well, one to watch. He's only had twenty eight first class matches, but I can see him playing in an English shirt pretty soon. So hopefully he has a good season. Um, yeah, Amra Verdi, um, having watched him, and again, I, I watched him and I thought he bowled well, but he was bowling at least a loose ball and over. And the Gloucestershire batters did not look concerned. You know, no, this, is the, this is the thing of England spinners that, you know, they're playing in counter, even the ones that are, he, he looks a decent bowler. And, you know, I was, I was pleased to see him bowl a bit. But the bottom line was the, the sorry, the Gloucestershire three and four were smacking him all around the county ground, and they honestly did not look remotely concerned at all. Um, given you know, I, I appreciate that's not ideal conditions to spin, as you said, and I'm sure that as the season moves on, I'll have another look at him. Um, and he looked, you know, it was the loose, it was it was really 
the new sport every over that's the sort of that that rowing. And that that's what Jack Leach doesn't do, which is why he is first name on the team sheet for me. Uh, coming to New Zealand. Um, should we chat about Glamorgan, who, as as we said, should have beaten Yorkshire really, or at least put them in a in a great position to um, Marnus Labuschagne. That's all I have to say. They have Marnus Labuschagne, and they didn't have him last year, hence why they probably finished sixth uh, in their group. Uh, Michael Nessa, Nisa, I'll go for Nisa. Michael Nisa um, is their other overseas player as well. So, a, a quite a good-looking team here. And as you said, Zach, they sort of get a little bit, um, you know, put to one side by some of the bigger counties. A lot of people forget about them, but this is a good-looking side on paper. I think so. I just want to point out that um, Root Junior did a great job uh, in that game yes. against Yorkshire. Got a mammoth ton, uh, 110 not out. Really impressive in that second innings. And I think he was facing some of Joe's bowling, which was which is always good fun. We it might have been we mentioned off air that the two currents playing each other in the IPL, very mm. similar. Um, well he got he see... got his hundred off Joe Root's bowling, interestingly. That's enough, it. He ticked over his off Joe Root's bowling. So that, that was kind of cool. Very nice. But I think this is this is yeah, I would say this is the dark horse. I agree with Tim. I think we've all kind of got some consensus. Labuschagne's a great player. I mean, for, for to have someone of his quality. Um, I, on his day, I, I always think that he's just as good as Steve Smith um, when he's at his absolute peak. So, be brilliant to see him pick up some runs and team to watch. Team to watch. I genuinely think so. They, they, they seem to have a great selection of players. And I think because um, again, Labuschagne's not here yet. So again, Pugamorgan going to Yorkshire and being in a position where you know they were only the weather stopped them winning, and their best star player isn't actually yeah, here yet. Great point. And um, I think yeah, I've got them down. And my little look at the group, I've gone down as getting out of the group into Division One. They're, oh, they're, they're playing with a squad. You come back to this team thing of like you look at Yorkshire and they've got this like loads of players that could choose from coming to Lancashire in a minute. Same thing. Uh, Glamorgan, I think I read they're going with a first team squad of 17, 18 mm-hmm. for the ball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the team spirit is going to be pretty good because with a couple of injuries, basically everyone's playing. Yeah, I, I, that, this was exactly what I was going to say, Tim, and, and they've the only worry for them is, is that they're with that is that they they don't have that many fast bowlers and they lost Wag, and they lost Delanger to, to Somerset this winter. So if they do have, like you say, a couple injuries in there, everyone's playing, but also a couple injuries in there, you know, a seamer light. But with you know, it was kind of it's a, it's a similar thing with what happened to Durham in 2019. Is both of those teams, Durham and Glamorgan, when they had Bancroft and Labuschagne respectively, were doing brilliantly in that in Div Two and were looking like they could have got promoted and then obviously lost them to the Australian test squad. So that will be really interesting, them coming in for this kind of condensed thing that anyone can win. And if Glamorgan can, you know, before that they've got Andy Balburnie playing the first couple of games, who, you know, is another really good signing. Didn't didn't do very well on the weekend, but, you know, is another really good signing. So that's that's going to be really good. And it's, it's really important because we've, we've spoken a lot about, you know, teams having good bowling attacks, but, you know, lacking good international batsmen and, Labuschagne hit an absolute bucket of runs when he played for them in 2019. So if he can continue that, then yeah, they can really push push the big the big boys in this in this uh, group. Uh, let's do Lancashire next, shall we? Um, who drew against Sussex? I'd say they probably they had about a hundred lead over them. They probably wanted to win. It was a fairly close game, and then Snow ruined it anyway. Um, Third in the Bob Willis Trophy North group last year. Semi-finals of Vitality Blast. Um, Dane Villas is is captain and he's, he's overseas now as well because of the coal pack issue. Uh, a big hundred against Sussex as well. He's wicketkeeper captain, batsman, you know, one of those kind of players. 
And this is a good-looking team. Again, on half England watch, we've got Keaton Jennings. Um, is that England watch? I don't want to say it is. And O.A. Shah. Not the O.A. Shah, but a O.A. Shah, um, who hasn't had an appearance yet. But we might see an O.A. Shah back playing again. Um, again, big county, play at a big ground, big expectations. I, I don't see them getting out of this group, though. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I don't think it Lancashire will get out of the group. They've also today, apparently, Jackson Bird, who was supposed to be their kind of star overseas bowler, is injured and can't play at all. Um, so they've lost what they've been seeing as their kind of like their main strike bowler. Um, so, no, I, they just they just seem to be, I mean, Yorkshire just seem to be going sort of hand in hand of just being having a reasonable team on paper but just not kind of putting it together and I think there's teams that are more hungry and more determined and more of a team in this group. Yeah the, the main I, I watched a, a fair amount of the first day of this one and, and Saqib Mahmood looked, really stood out to me he didn't take as many wickets as um, as Tom Bailey or, or Luke Wood did I don't think but uh, he, he, looked, he was bowling really quickly and I think he's you know he hasn't played a test match for England but he's he's on one of those he's one of those three uh, seen bowling development the de- the contract him. squad, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he, so th- I think that will mean that he won't play every county game this season because England will want to, you know, watch his his load, his workload. But also, you know, he, he it it's really good, and he's he's young, and I think he's he's got an outside chance of getting into the T Twenty squad for the World Cup. So and a big year in the you know county championship for him could be could could be really good and put him into the England conversation. Somebody give Matthew Parkinson a game, please. The poor kid's been playing, has been in the bubble for however long, doesn't get a game first up against Sussex. Maybe, again, the cold conditions in April didn't help. But here's one. I didn't realise he averages 25 with the ball uh, in first-class cricket. That's incredibly good for a leg spinner, who in my head is sort of the a one-day quicker leg spinner, you know, kind of Rashid Khan-esque, not, not a first-class cricketer. So... Again, that's that's got to be a bit of England watch with with the way our, our spin goes at the minute. So that'll be an interesting one. But yeah, agreed. Probably not getting out of the group. Who else have we got in this group? Oh, Kent. They're quite good, aren't they? Um, I like this team a lot. I like this team a hell of a lot. And again, a lot of good England talent. Second last year in their group. I feel like a good run for them, and, and they should be they should be well up there. Yeah, I like them. And and so Darren Stevens, uh, Kent's. Old magician, aged 44 yes. and 344 days. He became the <laughs> oldest centurion since 1986 in this game. He got 116 in the draw against Northamptonshire. And the photo of him, it just looked like a Sunday league game. It's just this old <laughs> bloke waving his bat around. It just reminded me of playing for playing for the Sunday team back home. Uh, good for him, and he's a cracking bowler as well. Um, I like Kent. I, there, there's... there's um, uh, in terms of their team, I can't stand their fans, as we as we found out like, a year a year or so ago, obnoxious <laughs> bunch. But <laughs> the team itself, uh, yeah, quite a bit of talent in there. Bell Drummond's always around. Um, he didn't score in this game, but I, I think he's a good player. Obviously, we have Crawley, Denley. We there's talent throughout the team, um, so I, I'm excited to see how they do. Um, and they, they, there's no reason for them not to do well. I think with this squad. Yeah, I think coming to Kent nearly last is perfect because Darren Stevens is county cricket incarnate, isn't he? He is. He yes. is county in a, in, a, in a nutshell. Uh, medium fast, middle order, reasonable fielder at cover, who just somehow just keeps going and going. 
I mean, some people would see potentially see it, you know, let's say Michael Vaughan might see this as the worst against cricket. Personally, I think the opposite. I think the fact that he keeps going and keeps performing to the extent that Ken felt they had no choice but to offer him a contract because he'd just done so well. And then he gets it and straight away he's in in his office. He's going to be he's going to be 45. He'll be 45 yeah. throughout the season. He, and he's going to get another contract, isn't he? You just know it. Like you said, he's going <laughs> to like whether he wants to or not earn himself one by being very good at cricket and then get one and go, oh, go on then. Yeah. And it's um, we haven't even mentioned Sam Billings. Matt yep. Milne is a really good county fast bowler. I mean, I think they've, they've got a really strong team. I, I expect them to win the group personally in this group. I mean, Zach Crawley as well. Obviously, they'll lose a bit of him for the England games. Um, Hino Kuhn is out overseas, averages 40 in first-class cricket. Just very astute. The cricketer had them down as like the Moneyball team with signings like Jack Leaning and Harry Podmore. I don't know if anyone agrees with that, i.e. kind of looking at the stats. They, they kind of had to overhaul their team a little bit a few years ago to get some slightly younger players in. But it seems to be paying off now. This is quite a fresh-looking squad. Off and down yeah. Yeah, I've just said that off the back of Darren Stevens' chat. It's really quite poor, isn't it? I switched off. He's like the the money ball, the antithesis of money ball. I mean, I think they're they're a really good they're a really good side, and yeah, I agree agree with Tim. I think they'll probably top this group. And you said about Billings, and they will lose Crawley, but around the same time they'll lose Crawley is they will get back Billings. So Billings will be there for you know because I I don't think he's going to play in the Test side. So you know, other than the when he plays in the hundred and and plays potentially plays for the one day side, he will be there, of course. So that will be really good. They've also got um, young Jordan Cox, who scored a double hundred opening the batting for them last year. So that's another young player coming through. They've got a lot of potential, and yeah, they're another one to watch. And I think that's you know looking at all of this and and talking about it here. If Somerset make it into that top division, it's going to be, you know, or whoever makes it into that top division, it's going to be some really good cricket for those last few weeks, isn't it? It's just going to be really good. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait for that bit. I think that that takes away from the people saying that we need a division system so that our best players, i.e. England's best players, are playing better teams all the time. But they will at some point in the season, uh, kind of regardless. Okay, boys, we've made it. Our 18th and final county. <laughs> I feel I feel learned. I feel more knowledgeable after this. I hope you do at home. Take it in chunks, but we got there. Right, Northants. I'm annoyed we left Northants to the last because it's probably one of the ones I have the least to say about. But um, Mohamed Nabi is their T20 overseas player. And we said he, didn't, he doesn't get enough cricket in the IPL, does he, Zach? So um, he'll play a bit of white ball stuff. A- anything on the red ball stuff? How did they do last year? Fourth last year, so pretty average. Um, Ricardo Vasconcelos, I remember he did well. Glenn, do you remember that year we tried to play um, Fantasy County Championship? And <laughs> I think in the first game of that season, so what that that would have been, oh, that would have been 19, 18, 19 or 19, 20. Anyway, yeah. he got a stack of runs and he was obviously not in my team. And then I never looked at my team again. But he seems like a good player. I don't know. Again, I'm getting a bit IPL here and just saying words. So somebody <laughs> talk about Northants for a second. I, I'm, I'm happy to talk about dead I'm silence. sorry I can talk about Northants if you want me to yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you said Vasconcelos scored 150 on the weekend in their draw he's against Ken you know yeah he's back at it you've, you've obviously left him out of your team again they signed um, this Wayne... year, mate. I can't tell you it's that much fun but we tried <laughs> they signed um, Wayne Parnell as they're overseas and he was because he was cold packed for Worcestershire for a few years and was a 
and was in that team that won the 2018 blast and is a is a muslim after converting having spent lots of time with hashim amla and imran tahir on south africa duty and considered changing his name to walid parnell but decided against it so that's a fun little story about wayne parnell for you and that is i didn't know that i like that one probably all i've got about north apart from the fact that they they kept getting uh smashed by low order batsman last year bresnan hit a pretty quick ton against them and then uh uh, Delanga hit a record sixty-two ball hundred against them as well. So that's you know if they can if they can stop getting smashed around by tail enders, maybe they'll do a bit better this year. Well, tail enders or forty-year-olds this year, they, they've changed it slightly. <laughs> Was it Jake Anderson scored a big score against? Did he score a century against Northampton? Mm, not sure, but uh, yeah, I think the the Northampton team. I think the fact that we're kind of struggling with the eighteen to say much about. And actually, I did have a quick look on the, the BBC, and from what I can remember, sort of the Northampton correspondent from the BBC didn't really have a lot to say <laughs> about them either. So I didn't feel too bad. Oh, well, now I feel better for leaving them last and really not giving them that much time. And then, listen, if the cricketer did a podcast for each county 20 minutes long, good luck to them on that Northampton pod, because... Because there wasn't that much there. And if you are a North Hans fan and we've pissed you off, well, you can go to that podcast, can't you? And and get over it. So, right. <laughs> We're all about done here, boys, I think. That was excellent. Thank you so much. Um, that's a huge preview for the season ahead. Obviously, we have about, what, one, two, three, four, five or six rounds now while the IPL is going on. Um, and then we'll get into the white ball stuff. And I'm sure we'll be back in about a month's time to chat about the county championship or at the end of this little phase. Um, and we'll keep you up to date on all of that, of course, as the season goes on. So, boys, thank you so much. Zach, thank you. Thank you. Glenn, thank you very much. Thanks so much. That was great. And Tim, great to have you back on. We'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week for another IPL podcast. We'll see you then. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.